listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Hello and welcome back to RPC Ramblings. Um, We're really glad to have you along today. We hope you're well, whatever it is that you're up to. My name is Leslie Ann Wilkinson. I'm one of the discipleship workers at Rich Hill Presbyterian. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Richardson. Morning, Alex. Morning, Leslie Ann. Alex is also one of our discipleship workers, and today we are joined by Louisa Hanna. Morning, Louisa. Morning. And Louisa is our youth worker at Rich Hill, so we are well represented this morning. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, just uh, just looking out my my garden or out my window and seeing that the uh, the houses in our state, which has been building process and going on for some time, has it's coming close. To, to finish so uh there's no way uh, sometimes there's noise that they have to worry about yeah. on this um on this podcast and sometimes I have to mute whenever the i don't know the, the diggers come on or whatever but no there's a uh, there's not a lot um these days which is great but yeah doing well um yeah right. louisa you're actually wearing the country aren't you like so you don't have to worry about diggers yep. and whatnot yep don't have to worry about about the noise of, of construction out in the in the countryside enjoying Kilkia life it's great Whereas your bigger concerns are probably whenever you hear the, the tractor coming in with the um the slurry tanker. <laughs> like, yep, yep, that, that happened earlier this week and it, it definitely wasn't fun. That would yeah. be a, a time to be in, in the in Porta Down for sure. And it was that like mad dash of they're coming and then close the windows, get the clothes in. Like we we're all familiar with, with that. Um yeah. And it's funny, we were t- talking beforehand about how like the kids are starting to like take to the streets but on their bikes like so so Alex you were saying and and were you guys were you and Rachel are living there's quite a lot of that yeah I mean obviously with more houses being finished and and uh, there's just more people moving in and obviously young families uh, moving in there's a lot of young families and uh, yeah the number of children about and all on their bikes um, and yeah. I don't know it must be like I feel like there's just this bike craze at the minute obviously yeah. with, uh, the situation we're in and I mean the, like they're all they're all on their bikes um it was funny I was coming into the estate the other day and obviously there's footpath both sides of our uh, of our estate and rather than the children going onto the footpath uh, on their bicycles to let me go past I had to literally like stop the car to halt <laughs> and they had to just like they cycled by me both sides <laughs> it was like this mad crew you know of young ones coming towards you um so uh yeah, the, the bikes really dominate uh, the streets of Parsons Gate. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they totally have the right of way, like once it comes to that. Um, and and that, like that's what we would have been like. I remember that that's growing up, you were outside all of summer and you were like cruising on the bike. Um, so it's good It's good to see it again, come like full circle. Yeah, I mean, that was not like, a little bit intimidating, maybe, like as they, <laughs> as they all come past the car, like looking in. Yeah, it's maybe like convicting me now of like, <laughs> Do you know what I was like when I was younger with um, <laughs> older people who might have been scared with all these uh, children on their bikes coming towards them, um, worried for their for their cars or just worried that you know they might hit us or something. You know, um, so yeah. But it is a uh, it does remind me of a uh, childhood days getting on the bike and just being away for most of the day until until dinner time. Yeah. Um, those are the days, I guess. I know. <clears throat> I know when we're coming somewhere now, so mm. there will only be more of that. Well, it's great to have you guys on today, um, and it's great to have everyone listening in. 
Hey, as we have been doing this past week, we're now in our second series, or the past few weeks, we're in our second series looking at the attributes of God. And today we are going to be thinking about two different attributes, although we'll, we'll chat about that. The fact that God is simple and that God is independent. Like, well, we're going to start with simplicity of God. And, and generally, if we hear that someone is simple, it's, it's more of a derogatory or a negative term. And we might be saying that they're a little... Um, a little bit slow or it's, it's not it's not a positive thing to say and yet we're saying that God is simple so how can we possibly say that or what do we mean by that yeah I think that's um I think that's helpful what you said as the that often when we think of simple things we you know we deem them as you know uninspiring as stupid things almost not worth boring not worth considering um and I guess as human beings we're probably fascinated by by complex things um, mm. and you know we think of the human body as complex we're fascinated by that more than a, a grain of sand for example um and i guess then we would maybe ask the question um surely god is incredibly complex and mm. um, there's no way that god it could be simple um and yet we want to say as christians that god is simple um, not simple in the sense that he is uh, easy to understand, yeah. um, but that God is not made up of of multiple parts. Um, is what we mean when we talk about God um, being simple. Um, you know, we, there's there's not this part of God that is love. There's not this part of God that is holiness. There's not this part of God that is wrath. No, God is love, wrath, holiness. He's all those things all the time yeah yeah that's really helpful um because i think whether we mean to or not we tend to think that god acts in certain ways at, at different times and yet that's not possible because he is not made up of different parts or different attributes so everything that he does is because of who he is as goodness as love as holiness um, yeah yeah completely and i think i think a helpful way maybe to understand this or or, or, or maybe an, an illustration that may that I found helpful is I remember a level biology studying respiration and I was like respiration is so like at a level like I mean I'm a bit of an idiot so but it's so complex um you know there's the the glycolysis there's the the link reaction there's the Krebs cycle the electron transport chain um I mean, I don't even know what half those things are, but that's, those are all involved. I know I study this. Like, those are all involved in the process of respiration, and that's quite complicated. Um, and yet, respiration is dependent on something much more simple. It's dependent on breathing, mm. oxygen coming into the lungs, and lungs being inflated, carbon dioxide going out of the lungs when we breathe out, and uh, and the lungs being deflated. It's you know, the respiration, the really complex thing is dependent on a much more simple thing, um, such as breathing. And in a similar way, like all the things that God has created are dependent on a simple God. Um, and as I said, not simple in the sense that he's easy mm -hmm. to understand, but that he, he is um, all loving, kind, just holy he is just all those things there's not different parts to him um so yeah great yeah um so if that's what we're saying that, that that's what we mean by the simplicity of god that he is not made up of many parts 
but that he is free from composition, that he is what he is. Why is that a good thing? Yeah, I think what you guys have said is, is really helpful. I think the first thing for me is that it, it comes at, as a reminder of the unity of God and mm. that each characteristic, each attribute of God is is perfectly consistent with any other. Um, and we talked about that maybe a little bit already. God is not made up of parts. He is in part just and, and part love, but one attribute will never weigh out the other. And um, mm. there is a unity to who God is. Um, and, and because of that, we can completely trust him yeah yeah i think all that as well that means that everything he says or does is because of who he is mm-hmm. um and, you know just just thinking through that Louisa, you know you think about different bible passages that, that we could take um, different promises that god makes to us um for example romans 8 28 and we we know that in all things god works for for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose because God is goodness, he can make that promise because his goodness um, is, is also his power. He is powerfully good, um, yet he's also wise. Um, so he's powerfully good, he's powerfully wise. Added to this that he is unchangeable. So he's unchangeably powerful, wise, and good. Um, and I think then the real comfort of, of that verse is that we can actually trust um, this God. We can trust in that promise because God is wisdom, he is power, he is goodness and all he's unchangeable all the time and mm. um, there's unity in all these things consistently um, and all that he does involves uh, all that he does for us involves uh, all of these these attributes because um, they're they're in union with with each other and um, mm. so we can actually appreciate um, scripture and trust the bible and the promises that there are to us much more mm-hmm. Yeah, and like if, if you were to think of the, the flip side, like the negative of that, if, if God was all-knowing um, but not all-powerful, like that's it's a bit useless if he, if he knew, <laughs> knew what it needed to be done but couldn't do it. Or if he was um, like sovereign but not loving, would that, then we'd, we'd be in great difficulty. So, so the fact that God is um, all of these things perfectly is a very good thing for us um, because then we don't have a weak God. And he is so unlike us, you know, so beyond our understanding and our likeness. As we said before, we are made in God's image. He is not made in ours. Um, and therefore, he alone is, is worthy of all glory and honor. Um, and what you're saying, Alex, about um, how this, this is like such a good thing. Um, it, it's, we see this like, all throughout scripture. This is the God that we serve. And, and just that reminder again of this is why we serve him, because he is, he's worthy of, of all, all worship. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we'd say it's a pretty, pretty good thing. Although it sounds odd to say God is simple, it actually is at the base of everything because it's who he is. So if, that, if that's the simplicity of God, we're also today going to talk about the fact that God is independent. So what, what would we want to say about that? What, what do we mean that God is independent? Or what are some other ways even of thinking about that? Um, I think when we talk about God being independent, what we're saying is he doesn't depend on anything. Um, he doesn't depend on us, mm-hmm. anything that he's created. Um, rather, actually, we depend on him. Um, you think of Acts seventeen twenty eight. For in him we live and move and have our being. Um, Psalm 36, 9 says that he is the, the fountain 
um, of all life. Um, he he doesn't depend on anything. He is the the creator. He is the sustainer of absolutely everything. He is God. He is so far and um, beyond us, and he um, is self sufficient. He doesn't um, he doesn't need us. Um, you know, I just think about. Um, like just the time we're in right now, like we're in a pandemic. I mean, what I do, what I don't do is controlled by the fact that, um, that there is a virus um, and it's in some senses uncontrollable for, for human beings, which then means I can't go out and do certain things. I can't meet people. I can't go into people's homes at the minute. There's lots of things I can't do um, because of this virus where I, God, he is, he's independent. He, he, what he does, him building the church, him reaching people, him continuing to grow us and change us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It is not dependent on, uh, on this coronavirus. Not at all. He is not dependent on that. Um, he's in complete control of it. He is completely independent, not in need of anything else. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really helpful, um, even in that, that example. And I suppose another way of thinking about God's independence is that he is self-sufficient and that he is self-existent and that there's, there's never been a, a starting point even. And I think this actually is a really hard thing for us to wrap our head around because everything else comes from something. And you're like, you know, the, the child that asks, well, well like, you know, where, where does the grass grow? Or, you know, where, where does the seed come from? You know, there's like a progression. And then we get to, well, where does God come from? he doesn't god is and and i think then it's so unlike our understanding of anything else that maybe that seems a little bit tricky and yet there's such an enormity in the fact that god is not like us um that that god is that he is not lacking in anything um if he were dependent upon something that would suggest that that there's a lack in him and yet he's not he's totally independent so we can trust him fully uh, and even thinking back to our a few episodes ago we talked about the trinity and we even see this fleshed out within the trinity that there is self-sufficiency within the trinity so for god to express love you know, i think we talked about it then there needs to be an object of that love ordinarily for us that means something outside of us so we are dependent on that other thing to love whereas god is self-sufficient in of himself as the three persons of the trinity so even within there we see the person of the the essence of God in three persons so there is that self-sufficient communion um unity love expressed just perfection in of himself and um, so we even see that in the very person perfectly exemplified as well um if the, we had a, a single God that wouldn't be the case they'd be dependent on their creative beings to actually express love whereas that's not the case for the Christian triune God which is just incredible. It's, it's an incredible thing to think about that God is so perfectly independent that we rightly are, are, are put in our place almost, you know, that we, we rightly see ourselves before this, this independent God. Um, and I guess we see that in Exodus, whenever God reveals himself in Exodus 3, 14, says, I am, I am who I am, as in all that I am is all that I am. I am sufficient within myself. I am the God who, who, who sends you in Moses' case. Um, and it's just even that revelation of, of perfect self-sufficiency as he has revealed himself. Um, it's, it's really, it's an incredible thing. And if that's what we mean, then, then maybe we've touched on some of this, but, but why is that a good thing? Like, what else would we, would we want to say to that? 
I think of a, I think the question that comes to my mind then, and you've said this, Lizanne, is that God is perfect in and of himself. Like he doesn't need us. The question then is, why would God um, create us? Um, and so I think f- for his glory, do you know, um, what is the, the chief end of man to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever? And I think it also says that he, he loves us. Um, that, that, is, that is fundamentally why he created us. If we don't, if, we, if he doesn't need us for, for anything, if he is simple and independent, um, then it's because we're, we're created to, to glorify, worship him, enjoy him, enjoy mm-hmm. all that he is in and of himself. And because he loves us, the God who is perfect in and of himself loves us. Yeah, I think this is, is such an amazing truth um, about God and, and one that should and can bring us joy and, and comfort each day and that the, the God that we know and, and love and serve is not dependent on anyone or anything. Um, instead, he is the one who, who we can depend on, who we can trust um, and know is is able to satisfy all our needs. Um, so yeah, that just that truth that, that God is the one that we can depend on because he is is not dependent on anyone or anything, I think is is a truth that, that can bring great comfort. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Louisa, there about how we can find our joy and our comfort in God. You know, if God is simple, if God is, is independent, um, he can satisfy all our needs, you know, even think back to you know, Romans 8, 28, um, that I mentioned about earlier, you know, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Um, God, he is powerful, he's just, he's wise, he's good, all of these things all the time to us, therefore we can trust his promises um, to us. Why is that such a great hope and such a great uh, comfort? Why is that such good news? Well, it's because in Jesus Christ, um, we, we have a God who is all of these things to us. Um, we don't have to turn to, to money in hard times. We don't have to turn to substances in hard times. We don't have to turn to materialism, food. We don't have to turn to other people to try and satisfy us. This God who is perfect in and of himself, he is um, our God because of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can have complete satisfaction. We can have hope. We can have real comfort um, in him. All these other things that are created things by God, that are good things because he's created them, they don't even come close um, to, to us placing our trust to finding comfort and actual real hope um, in him and um, through Christ. Mm. That, yeah, that, that's really brilliant. And I suppose you're starting to head there, Alex. So each time we want to see okay, we're talking about a doctrine, something that's true of God. We want to see then, how do we see this in Christ? Um, and you're, you're, you're starting to say there, could, could you say a bit more about that, about how we see the simplicity of God and the independence of God in the person of Christ? Yeah, well, I guess the gospel of Jesus is, is so good. Mm. Um, and, and I guess we, we can say as Christians is that all that God is, we're, we're talking about God and how he's, how he's perfect. Um, how he is he's not just one attribute or one part of him is a certain attribute how he is just all of these things and um, all the time and um, because he is so he is as god he is the great i am all that god is jesus christ has uh, 
manifested to us, has, has revealed to us um, as Lord and Savior um, when, he, when he came and lived. Um, you know, you think, of, you think of the cross of Christ. You know, we see God's wisdom through Christ's death, which satisfies his justice, his mercy, his love altogether. You know, God punishes sin in Christ to show us his mercy and love. God demonstrates his patience mm. by not destroying sinners immediately, which Romans 3.25 talks about. Why does God not do that immediately? Because Christ's death was, was a future prospect for full testament people. Um, so you see all of these attributes working themselves out um, at the cross. And then you read something like Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against mm. us? If this God is for us, who can be against us? And I think it was, it was it A.W. Tozer said, everything in God is on the sinner's side. So all the attributes of God are on the sinner's side in the death of Jesus. Now, I don't know about, about, about you, but when, you know, when, when, when people, when we struggle to lift our heads um, in the morning and when we, when we don't want to get out of bed, when children are, are fighting at home like cats and dogs, um, when loved ones are, are seriously sick, you know, when marriage is tough, when, when family don't see their need for the gospel, we just, our hearts break for them. Um, when people betray us, we can take heart. We, we have a real hope, a real comfort. Why? Because everything in God, in this perfect God, is, is on our side because of Jesus Christ, because of his life, because of his death, and his his resurrection, and so there's so much hope um, in Jesus um, because of what He's done for us. Amen. Yeah, that's a really helpful. Just reminder um, and a comfort. So, so thanks, thanks for that, Alex. And and I suppose in terms of application, like that, that is also our application is the comfort of the gospel, and yet. Uh, we also know the call of the gospel that there's there's practical steps to be taken as well so we don't just want to know that god is simple and independent we want to see okay well why does it matter that i know that well, how am i now affected and changed by that so how would you say like what are some just day-to-day things that this might help this might mean for us knowing these things about the god that we serve yeah i think what what you said alex about um about the characteristics, the, the attributes of, of God being on, on the sinner's side is really helpful. And I think it, it for us, highlights the greatness of, of God's grace. Um, we need God much more than we realise we are dependent on him for everything. And yet God is the one who is, is completely independent of anyone or anything. Um, and so um, with God being the one who does not need us, but yet the one who welcomes us, um, welcomes us into a saving relationship with him I think it points us to to the greatness of, of God's grace and, and the grace that he continues to to show to us each day yeah I think I think you know I think one of the, the things that on a day-to-day basis all Christians can struggle with with sin obviously we're still tempted by sin we can struggle with sin and, and giving in to sin can often bring about feelings of guilt it can often bring about feelings of shame and um, making us think uh, that we're not good enough and i think one of the real uh, beautiful practical applications of, of what we're talking about here is that when jesus came and lived um, in dependency upon the father um, 
Colossians 3, 4 talks about Christ became our life. Mm -hmm. um, and so he lived in dependency upon the Father. He became our life so that as we trust in Jesus Christ, as we are united um, to Christ, he has actually purchased an obedience, that submission, that dependency on the Father. He has purchased that um, for us um, in the power of the Spirit. And so I, I think why that's so, such a great comfort is because although I can struggle with feelings of guilt, of shame, um, am I worthy, am I good enough? The reality is, the answer to that question is, no, I'm not good enough. But Christ is. Christ has purchased um, an obedience for me when he came and lived in dependency upon the Father. And so I think one of the first things we want to say is that live independency on Christ. Look to Christ on a daily basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. Don't look to yourself. Look towards Jesus Christ, who has purchased um, this submission, this obedience uh, to the Father uh, for you. And I think you know, some of the ways we can do that, and we talk about it all the time, is, is in prayer. We, we depend upon God. And as we look to the Bible, you know, we've talked about how we can trust the promises of the Bible because of who this God is. Like scripture, we, 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 we want to be spending time daily with, with God. If we are to, to, to look to Jesus, uh, scripture magnifies him. If we want to look to Jesus, we then have to be in God's word. And um, so I think prayer and, uh, and Bible study are two, two really practical things we can do in looking to Jesus to fight feelings of guilt and shame um, and live in that, that submission that Christ has purchased for us. Mm. And even knowing that God is self-sufficient and doesn't need us, I think that changes our motivation for a lot of things. Um, that it's not as though there is a lack and somehow God needs us to you know, to do certain things or to speak to certain people because he, he couldn't. Rather, we realize, oh, actually, God is fully and perfectly self-sufficient. He doesn't need us. And yet he gives us the privilege. He chooses to allow us to come alongside what he is already doing and what he is completing. Um, and even thinking back, I suppose, to our Matthew series recently about how it, it, takes, it takes the eyes off our our own ability or our, our deception as if we are able um, and instead we're we're invited to come and rest in Christ and to take his yoke upon us um, and knowing that he is perfectly self-sufficient that he's able to do that we're able to rest in him because he meets every need he satisfies as we've said and that his yoke what he has for us what we were made for in the first place um, is what he invites us into uh, so I think I think it does actually change, just just shifts our motivation for what we're doing, or or realigns, gives gives us a right perspective again of why we serve. Not that that God is lacking and needs us to, but that He um, lovingly chooses to, which is is huge. Um, and even I suppose too that I think I think it's something we're all guilty of, whether we realize it or not. But being reminded of the simplicity of God, that He is all that He is stops us from like ranking his, his attributes, so to speak. You know, so we, we tend to focus on one attribute. If, if we could separate them, we, we tend to focus on one thing above the other. When we talk about God, when we, even when we evangelize, when we comfort people with the gospel, and yet knowing that he is simple, that he is all things at all times, stops us from doing that. And that's a good thing. So it's not that we, we stop saying that God is loving, rather we acknowledge that, that, that God is love while he is 
perfectly good and just and, and angry and um, all of these things and that more full and real version or not even version just the reality of who God is will be a comfort to people anyway you know, rather than trying to hone in on, on one thing which we I think we do tend to do whether we realize it or not um, so being reminded that God is simple stops us from doing that and, and protects us from doing that which is a good thing yeah. I think this is why like so t- t- I guess two things I think that's excellent the the uh, there's freedom mm-hmm. um when we realize that God doesn't need us mm-hmm. um that he loves us regardless um that's really freeing because we don't come to Christian service. We don't come to the Christian life saying, I have to do X, Y, and Z. I have to not do X, Y, and Z in order for God to love me. No, it's rather I'm a mess and God loves me. And he has shown that, um, I guess in Jesus Christ is like the, Mm -hmm. you know, the apex, the centerpiece, the masterpiece. Um, uh, and so that, that, that massively, that radically changes, um, our, our relationship with God, how we, as you say, Lizzie, and think about service and mission, absolutely everything. Um, it's it's not I do this to earn God's love. I do this because He first loved me. Mm. Um, and I think you know the second thing you were saying there, Lizzie, and just that Bible study and studying the whole of Scripture to, to to come to a knowledge of a greater knowledge of who God is 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 so important. Mm. Um, do you know if if God is all of these attributes, all of these things at the same time, then we we want to not just be focusing on on certain parts of Scripture that emphasise um, yeah. certain attributes. We want to talk about all these different attributes um, because that is who that is who God is to arrive at a better picture of who who God is. And as you say, you know the, the Spirit of Christ dwells in us. Um, all of these things by the spirit um, of Christ dwell in us. Um, all of these realities of who God is are true. Um, and so you're right. Whenever we are um, talking to people, we don't. We just don't want to focus on mm-hmm. certain attributes. We want to be um, saying, "This is who your God is," and because He's all of these things, this radically changes mm-hmm. how you can live in the here and now. Yeah, so like like huge implications, really. You know that we that we know the God that we love and serve, um, and that we make Him known as He has revealed Himself. That's been really helpful chat today. Thank you guys, um, even just for us. I think it's been been helpful for us, firstly, and and hopefully for anyone listening along. Uh, our prayer is that it'll be beneficial and helpful to you too. Um, as always, please do get in touch with any of us if you'd like to chat through this anymore. We would love to get to do that. Um, so as always that that's the case thank you guys both louisa and alex for your chat today and thank you for everyone listening in uh, I, I wanted to close with um we've mentioned tozer before uh, he deals beautifully with the attributes of god in, in many of his books and and sermons and and articles uh, and in one particular chapter we start talking about the independence the self-sufficiency of god he opens with this prayer and i just want to close with this um, I'm going to change the these and those to you, by the way, but I'm doing this really? as we go along. So let's see. Let's see how my mind keeps up. But this is what he says. He says, teach us, O God, that nothing is necessary to you. Were anything necessary to you, that thing would be the measure of your imperfection. And how could we worship one who is imperfect? If nothing is necessary to you, 
then no one is necessary. And if no one, then not us. You seek us, though you do not need us. We seek you because we need you. For in you we live and move and have our being. Amen. And I think that's, we, we agree wholeheartedly and, and we um, joyfully say amen along with him. And mm. yeah, I think that's a good place to land. So thank you. Thank you both for your time and thank you thank for you. everyone listening in. Uh, and we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.